Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Happy to welcome you to the very first episode of Blow Me Down, a Fleischer Popeye podcast. Now then, let me begin by saying that I am far from being a Popeye scholar, and as a matter of fact, I confess that I am very much late to the game as far as Popeye worship is concerned. I did not grow up in an area that had a local kiddie show that showed Popeye cartoons, so I only infrequently caught their broadcasts. Those that I saw seemed pretty formulaic. Olive oil gets all snooty with Popeye until Bluto try to ha tries to have his way with her, whereupon Olive screams and Popeye downs some spinach and punches Bluto's lights out. I was never even vaguely interested in Popeye cartoons until I had a son about who about 10 years ago watched Cartoon Network's broadcasts of the black and white cartoons done by Max and Dave Fleischer. And they were broadcast in the late 1990s, and occasionally I would glance at them, and soon I realized that I might have been missing out on something very good. So when Wonder Home Video released a DVD set of Popeye cartoons in the summer of 2007, I snapped it right up. I rarely bought movie DVDs sight unseen those days, but intuition told me I would not be disappointed, and that turned out to be an understatement. I now know that these early gems directed by uh, Max Fleischer, and, or excuse me, Dave Fleischer, produced by Max Fleischer, these are really the ones that cemented Popeye's reputation. The charming stories and wonderfully thought out gags, not to mention the then routine animation that nowadays looks like works of art, are no doubt what extended goodwill toward the Popeye concept well after its heyday into the more routine theatrical cartoons of the 1950s and the downright abysmal limited animation versions on 1960s TV. It's even more astounding when you realize that the Fleischers ground out these little gems once a month. So this podcast is both my tribute to these sumptuous cartoons and my little way of associating myself, however distantly, with their legend. I just love them, and I want to share the word with others. Uh... A couple of caveats, I am covering the, simply the Fleischer era of Popeye cartoons from 1933 to 1942. I know that the later theatrical cartoons and even the, some of the TV cartoons have their fans, but I'm not among them. And if it hadn't been for the Fleischers, the Fleischers versions, I probably wouldn't have watched Popeye at all. So forgive me my snobbery. Uh, if you want to carry on about the other Popeye eras, please create a website. I mean, or a podcast. Also, <clears throat> for each of the cartoons that I am going to review here, uh, I am going to give each one a rating of what I call one to four spinach cans, which is just like one to four stars, but translated to Popeye. Now, each cartoon should really get four stars <clears throat> just for its very existence, but unfortunately, some are a tad better than others. <clears throat> But as critic Manny Farber in the 1930s once said about the Looney Tunes cartoons, the good Popeye cartoons are masterpieces, and even the bad ones are worth a look. So I hope that the reviews I provide at this podcast will give you a reason to check them out. And as I have said on previous podcasts that I have created, I can't state categorically, but chances are if you look on the internet, you can find these very cartoons for free viewing. Now, before we go any further, I would like to have you state 
Salty Steve's Popeye Pledge. So here we go. Hello, boys and girls of all ages. Once upon a time in the 1950s, a little box called television came of age. At, the time, at first, the little box was good because it introduced your kid, us kiddies to your old pal Popeye. But in the late 50s, the little box started running out of old cartoons, so it had to make its own. And being so small, it didn't have the big budgets for animation like the old ones had, so it made really bad cartoons. Pretty soon, the only part of the animated people that moved was their mouths, and the same backgrounds kept turning up over and over. And a whole generation of kids was taught that this kind of cartoon was the best they could ever hope for. But now the old Popeye cartoons have been put out on DVD and shown on uh, YouTube and elsewhere, and we all found out what a big lie the little box was telling us. So before you go any further on this website, I want you to raise your right hand and repeat the Popeye pledge. You're on the honor system now, so cooperate and don't yank Salty Steve's chain. The Popeye Pledge. As an official fan of the real honest-to-gosh Popeye, I promise to never again... Wonder how a gruff old one-eyed sailor with a voice like sandpaper could appeal to anyone? Doubt anyone who offers to glad me, gladly pay me Tuesday for a hamburger today. Question the idea that two burly sailors would be willing to fight over a woman who is built like a mop. Naysaying the nutritional and culinary value of eating spinach straight from the can. Gives serious thought to any Popeye DVD cartoon, I'm sorry, Popeye cartoon made after 1957. Ponder the legitimacy status of Sweet Pea. Speak of the colorization process, except in vain. Use the name Brutus only in any Julius Caesar context and nowhere else. And finally, take for granted the opportunity to listen to that old sailor sing his theme song every time he enters the room. All right, let's get on with the podcast proper. There's only one way to do this in chronological order, so let's begin at the beginning with the 1933, uh, 1933 theatrical debut of Popeye, known as Popeye the Sailor also known as Betty Boop Presents Popeye the Sailor. <coughs> right up the band for Popeye the Sailor, <coughs> ash in his hand, right off the whale, stand in the road, yeah. don't let him go, yeah. he's a cinch but every inch a sailor. <laughs> Now, Paramount Pictures hedged their bets by introducing comic strip character Popeye the Sailor to the big screen as a co-star in a cartoon featuring the Fleischer Studios star, Betty Boop. But the Fleischers knew better from the start. The first image of the Sailor's debut cartoon features newspapers coming off the press that are headlined, Popeye, a movie star, one of the few instances where a Hollywood hype was truly prescient. This, despite the fact that the star enters his first scene singing his theme song while beating up inanimate objects and lifting his sailor shirt long enough to mistakenly show us that he's wearing a girdle. Now, the cartoon gets right down to cases. 
A sailing ship, ship on shore leave dispenses with its sailors, and Olive Oil stands beside it calling for Popeye. However, this is apparently not the first time Olive has met this ship. Two unknown sailors try to hit on Olive even before Bluto arrives on the scene. Naturally, when Bluto does arrive, he also tries to force himself upon Olive. Popeye nonchalantly pushes Bluto aside, bleeding the last line of his theme song of Bluto for good measure. Bluto is so furious that his anger sinks the battleships that are tattooed on his chest. Mm, this can't be good. Then a 10-second establishing shot shows the carnival where the trio is about to enter. Now, not to make too much of it, but when you see this cartoon, take a good look at the hyperactivity in this shot. Objects are moving so quickly that one group of carnival riders is deposited directly from a Ferris wheel onto a roller coaster before they even hit the ground. And a merry-go-round is so giddy that it nearly slides off his framework. Now try to imagine any cartoon nowadays that would expend this much effort on a simple bit of exposition. <clears throat> the trio eventually come upon Betty Boop, who displays the reason for her then-current popularity by doing a hula dance in which a thin lay barely covers her chest. Uh, other Popeye websites uh, have said that if you look closely enough, you can actually see one of Betty's nipples briefly exposed. I haven't examined the car cartoon that thoroughly, having sworn off arousal by animated characters after my traumatic experience with Jessica Rabbit. Now for a guy who wants everyone, including his new movie audience, to like him, Popeye is awfully brash. He jumps on the sta stage and does the hula dance right in sync with Betty Boop though one imagines he'd be considerably less popular if his clothing was as minimal as Betty's. In fact, Popeye is so eager to show off his dance lessons, he doesn't even notice Bluto's kidnapping of Olive until Betty points it out to him. Bluto demands of Olive, marry me, which, as the later Popeye cartoon for better or worse or blatantly demonstrated, was the 30s movie equivalent of Give Me Some Lovin'. Bluto's it is so off the charts that he barely gives Olive a chance to brush him off before he ties her to a railroad track with one of the track's own beams, of course. Popeye intervenes, and of course, Bluto starts to wail on him. But Popeye is so blasé about what is to become a standard motif for this series, he quietly lies on the ground, as if he was on a picnic instead of getting his butt kicked. Eh, what does Popeye care? The spinach will keep. Not surprisingly, Popeye knocks Bluto and the oncoming train flat, and still squeezes in the final line of his theme song at the finale establishing that he's going to be with us for quite some time, and we darn well better get used to it. It's a threat one can live with. My rating of this cartoon, four out of four spinach cans. Well, that's it for my debut of my Popeye podcast. Let me mention a couple of other things. <clears throat> I have a Facebook page devoted to Popeye, not specifically to this podcast, but I've been running it for quite a while trying to attract Popeye fans who uh, appreciate Fleischer cartoons as much as I do. So if you look, want to try to find me on Facebook, please look under Salty Steve's Popeye page. Uh, also, I have an email address. If you would like to write to me and let me know what you think of this podcast, that email address is PopeyePodcast at Outlook.com. Let me repeat that. PopeyePodcast, all one word, at Outlook.com. Hope you'll let me know what you think of this. And... Uh, Lastly, I have two other podcasts that I've created devoted to some of my movie comedy heroes. One of the podcasts is completed. The other one is in progress. The completed one is Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Uh, if you want to find it, go to anchor.fm slash and then put in that title with dashes between it. Hard Boiled Eggs and Nuts, a Laurel and Hardy podcast. Or Google it and you should be able to find it. 
Same thing with the second one. The second one is one I've just started, and it's devoted to Charlie Chaplin. The name of it is Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. And it's the same thing for that. If you want to go directly to it, go to anchor.fm slash, and then put in that name with dashes in between the words. Laughing Gas, a Charlie Chaplin podcast. I welcome you to visit any and all of those. And I hope if you're listening to any or all of those, you will hit the subscribe. Well, I, I guess I should say for this one, hit the subscribe button for the Popeye ones. I just started that. And also the Chaplin one, the Laurel and Hardy one is completed, although you're welcome to listen to all its episodes. All right. I think I have babbled on enough and I hope that uh, I've at least gotten the, the point of my love of these wonderful Fleischer cartoons across. Uh, I will bring you episode two shortly. And until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying, Goodbye. Hello, this is Steve Bailey. Happy to welcome you to episode two of Blow Me Down, a Fleischer Popeye podcast. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm strong to the finish, cause I eat me spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Now then, we're going in chronological order. I did episode one. Popeye's movie review in podcast episode one. Today I would like to cover his second and third cartoons, as well as uh, attaching a book review at the end of this podcast episode. So let's begin with I Am What I Am, the second Popeye cartoon. In this cartoon, to show what a ladies' man Popeye is, it starts off with Popeye standing at the edge of a dinky lifeboat, bleeding his theme song while Olive Oil furiously rose the boat by herself in the middle of a storm, and fellow passenger Wimpy, in his screen debut, is improvising a meal out of unsuspecting nearby fish. Really gallant, these guys. Wimpy makes himself an even more useless boat passenger in the later Sinbad the Sailor color short. Soon the trio run ashore. Popeye pummels some trees into an instant log cabin, and that's the last clever gag we get for quite a while, as Popeye runs afoul of some stereotypical Indians who have nothing better to do than shoot arrows at total strangers. Seen in, admittedly, politically correct hindsight, the movie's final gag is almost enough to make you blanch. In any case, Popeye fends off the Indians in some unique ways, but the best gag is the least elaborate. In the middle of a hailstorm of arrows, Popeye turns to the Indians and says, You ought to stop doing that on account of somebody might get hurt. This cartoon is clever in, spot, in spots, and as with all the Fleischer cartoons, the fluid animation is a pleasure to take in. But these days, this cartoon is less funny than it is enlightening on the racist atmosphere that eventually caused cartoons like this one to get banned from TV screens across America. As I noted in my first podcast episode, I am rating each Popeye cartoon on a scale of one to four spinach cans. This one gets two and a half cans from me. On to greater and loftier subjects with Popeye's third cartoon, Blow Me Down. You gotta love any Popeye cartoon that starts with our hero commanding a small whale as though it was a ship. When Popeye reaches port, the whale is even helpful, even helpfully extends its back to, to, from himself to shore, staircase style. We soon find that Popeye has come to a small Mexican town full of bandits who would love to intimidate Popeye, except he's even more ornery than they are. One of them flashes a toothy, smug smile at Popeye, who promptly turns it into chicklets. 
Popeye has bought a bouquet, bouquet meaning apparently a Mexican word meaning a single flower, for his petunia olive oil, who is a saloon dancer here. What she lacks in talent, she makes up in improvisation. When two spittoons accidentally get stuck to her feet, she dances with them stuck still on. Into the saloon walks Bluto the Bandit, whose chaotic gunfire scares everyone out of the car out of the saloon except Popeye. Just to let Popeye know who he's dealing with, Bluto helpfully stares at a nearby wanted poster of himself, which helpfully stares right back at him. Bluto tries to intimidate Popeye with his fancy shooting, but then Popeye chews up Bluto's gun and spits out makeshift bullets. Bluto calls in some reinforcements, but when Popeye pulls out the spinach even before the seventh inning stretch, we figure Bluto ought to get out while he's behind. Bluto tries to steal Olive, and naturally he doesn't get very far with that either. Her cries for help cause Popeye to come bashing through her door, which quickly reassembles itself, out of courtesy, I guess, only to find Olive using a club to play a variation of the Anvil Chorus on Bluto's skull. So what's to save? For a big finish, Popeye gives Bluto a punch that literally knocks him around the world. For some reason, this isn't too surprising. My rating for this one, four out of four spinach cans. It's a very delightful short. Uh, both of them, I'm sure, can be seen somewhere on the internet. I can't say categorically, but if you look for them, I think you will be able to find them for free viewing. Now, to end this podcast episode, I would like to review the book Out of the Inkwell, Max Fleischer and the Am uh, Animation Revolution, written by Richard Fleischer and printed in 2005. I find this one of the most enjoyable Popeye uh, books. This delightful book goes a long way towards filling the gap where the dearth of biographies concerning the Fleischer brothers' work is concerned. Richard Fleischer, an accomplished film director in his own right, on such movies as Fantastic Voyage and Soylent Green, gives a very detailed but breezy history of the Fleischer brothers' film work and their unfortunate breakup after decades of working together on groundbreaking theatrical cartoons. The sweet bonus of this particular biography is that Richard is Max Fleischer's son. And, far from being a Mommy Dearest-type book with an axe to grind against a famous parent, Richard happily recounts how his fame brought many perks and much happiness to his life. Besides his father's film work, Richard relates many enjoyable anecdotes about life in the Fleischer household and how his parents' earthy sense of humor was reflected in his father's remarkable cartoons. This is the all-too-rare film biography that is just as enjoyable and fun as its subject matter. Fleischer and animation buffs, as well as casual cartoon viewers, should savor this book. And even though it's not a cartoon, I give it a rating of four out of four spinach cans. That's it for this episode. Let me conclude by mentioning a couple of extra things. If you want to find my Popeye-related minutiae on Facebook, please look me up in Facebook under Salty Steve's Popeye Page. And lastly, I love feedback, so if you have anything to say about this podcast, positive, negative, or neutral, please feel free to email me at popeyepodcast at outlook.com. And if you are listening for the first time, I welcome you, and I hope that you will hit the subscribe button and listen to future episodes. Thank you for indulging me, and until next time, this is Steve Bailey saying...